Hi there, we are Lauren and Kenzie, the co-hosts of A Scary State Podcast. Each week we cover a different state in the U.S. and we cover anything from murder mysteries, strange disappearances, paranormal activity, cryptids, or urban legends. So if you're interested in learning about the spooky things in your state, give us a listen. New episodes come out every Wednesday and you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. Stay scary. Stay safe. are your morning announcements. The Retro Club will be meeting today to discuss Better Off Dead. And any student participating in the exchange student program, please meet in the cafeteria after school. Hello, and welcome to the Retro Club. We're your hosts, Megan. And John. It's another week, another episode. Another good one. Another tantalizing movie. Yeah, got to follow <laughs> up a real sizzler like we did last week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what did we cover last? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, The Cutting, cutting Edge. Cutting Edge. <laughs> not the name of a Razor Ramon move. No, it's not. <laughs> Should have been. Could have been. But Wasn't. before we jump into our movie, <laughs> got to catch up. Yeah, talk about what's stuff. going on. Uh, you had the Super Bowl. Yep. Uh, I didn't watch, watch it. Watch it? <laughs> no. I didn't care about it. And I didn't have a dog in the fight. So, But um, it had a lot of controversy. That's all I've heard from people. Yes. A lot of crappy plays. Yeah. The halftime show wasn't good, I heard. Well, I've heard split uh, thoughts on that, I guess. I, I just, I don't think I cared about it either way. Like, I don't mind Rihanna. Don't I just don't care about her performing. That's not um, a slide on her. I just, I, I really didn't care about the show at all. Mm-hmm. Like apparently we missed a lot of good commercials too. And I was like, that's what I say. The 2B commercial. I keep hearing a lot about the 2B commercial. What was the 2B commercial? It starting arguments in the family because everyone thought someone was sitting on the remote. Their commercial is it's something else is playing. And then all of a sudden, you know how on our smart TV, the menu pops up from the bottom and you can do like a quick click yeah it clicked on tubi and then went to a movie and started playing a movie and everyone's like who's sitting on the remote and i was like <laughs> freaking out and i saw so many people post about it. they're like not me yelling at my mom that she's sitting on the remote <laughs> <laughs> to be fair though we do use tubi quite a bit that's what jordan used to watch garfield oh yeah oh <laughs> she's been all about toy story lately yeah gotta get her away from toy story i am toy story the I hell think out I think we've already committed to a Toy Story birthday. <laughs> I think it's right. going to happen. <laughs> uh, also, this is a really rough week. Uh, this week, three years ago, I lost my mom. Mm-hmm. So uh, usually this is a really hard time, but I think I've done really well just yeah, recovering from it. Time keeps moving forward, right. unfortunately. And-, and she wouldn't want me just, you know, just living in the past, just she would want me to keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this whole week, because she would she passed away on the twelfth, and we actually buried mm-hmm. her on Valentine's, Valentine's day, day, which this comes out the day after Valentine's Day, and then your birthday is that weekend following yeah. Valentine's day, day. So it's a it's weird, a it's a weird me. emotional roller coaster of a week for us. <laughs> yeah. So. 
yeah, like I said, my birthday's coming. I hope you have something planned. I do. I'm working on it. Ooh, I don't, I'm not going to say it. I was going to say in the episode what I planned on getting you, but. Oh, our episode or the other podcast? This episode. Ours. Oh, good. Do you want me to say what I was going to get you? Let's say it for I haven't the end. gotten it yet. Okay. Let's save it for the end. <laughs> Uh, also, you had this new, uh, well, I don't know when they came out, but on Hulu, you had the new season of Family Guy come out, which me and you haven't really watched Family Guy because the show got really bad. It just got repetitive and boring, and I I don't know. But I will say this. You can tell Seth MacFarlane has a fire in his belly again about stuff. This season was really good. It, it was funny. Maybe because he also does the Orville and the Orville We're came out with new episodes. Finally. I mean, it's been several months ago, but they finally came back mm-hmm. out with new episodes. I don't know. Maybe being locked up in COVID did something to his creative juices. Cause he was getting to where he hated family guy. Didn't want to do it anymore. Like he stated that multiple times he wanted to cancel, get the show canceled. Mm-hmm. So I kind of felt like he was like dogging the show down uh-huh. and just, just trying to get bad ratings. Yes but still get that paycheck. <laughs> right. And of course, American dad, American dad stays good. Doesn't have anything bad about it. No, I love American dad. Yeah. Uh, we watched that show about, uh, FLDS. Yes, Be I did. I got you on obey. I got you on that train. Cause I watched it when it first came out and, um, I actually watched another dramatized show about the Mormon church. I'm not trying to like dog on Mormons. It's the, no fundamentalist yes. and the kind of offshoot sex that aren't um aren't it's, good <laughs> it's just it's it's cult mentality mm-hmm. it's somebody that has a god complex that tries to manipulate people it's like the charles manson thing yeah there's a but the dramatization i watched was on hulu and i want you to watch it too i want to get a chance to start it but it's under the banner of heaven with yeah, andrew garfield I'm looking forward to it it was really good it was very unsettling and i think what's worse is that it's based off true events so that sucks <laughs> right <laughs> mormons uh, are wild man <laughs> fundamentalist well, mormons it, you know it would be really hard Having all them wives and, and like trying to remember what day of the week you're going to hang out with one of them. Ugh. You know what? That's not their, that's not the woman's problem to worry about though. Cause it's the man's choice. If he forgets I, to see one of his 50 wives, I, just, like, I don't get it. I don't know why any man or woman would want to do that. If you had that many wives, you realize you could go or man and man or over woman a woman. month without seeing one of your wives. <laughs> yeah. Like it, so you get in an argument, right? You can go months without talking to the, to that wife because you have all these other ones. Mm-hmm. But there's they have to be obedient, so they can't even argue. Look, all the so I just um, I just destroyed that point I was trying to make. That's what I'm saying. There's no the women don't have a say in it. No, they're just it's like it's watch, like they're trained. Watch the shows. Warren Jeffs is Definitely watch an it. actual piece of trash. I had a lot of fun watching that show because I was just. I don't want to say I was in awe. I I think it was more of curiosity. Mm-hmm. But the curiosity got to where I couldn't stop watching the show. Yeah. it. I think what blows my mind is when you see these stories and see these women and these people living in this, this community, it looks like it was at least 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And to find out like 
it was 2014 and it they just live so off the grid yes and it's been for multiple generations Mm -hmm. that's the scary part about it like they have those kids know nothing different than and you can definitely look at them and see that there's some inbreeding in there Mm -hmm. it's 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 just it's gross yep check it out it's really (laughs) good check that out (laughs) it's once again it's be sweet pray and obey on netflix now uh some music news there has been a lot of trouble in the band journey i really want to talk about this because i have we haven't really got to talk about music like we planned i know they are going back to court uh steve perry the the singer that made the band we can just say it he made the band Mm-hmm. All those songs that everybody loves, Don't Stop Believing, Open Arms, Lights, those are all him singing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he dropped his suit against them, which I thought was insane because he's made he's been making money this whole time. Yeah. But he's so private, you don't know anything that's going on. But they've had all these things happen to where members of the group are uh, either quitting or have tried to take other members of the group to task and took them to court. Because mm-hmm. you had Ross Valerie and Steve Smith, which they were, the, that's the bass player and the drummer when the band was at their peak. Uh, they got kicked out of the band for trying to take the band to court for things owed to them, which I agree with them. I, like, after like seeing everything that happened with, this, with the case, mm-hmm. I, I sided with them. Neil Sean might have founded the group solely, but uh, he's caused a big, big mess of everything everything like even greg raleigh who was in journey as soon as steve perry got there they mm-hmm. they're not gonna let him play for the 50th 50th anniversary after it was already hinted at that he was guaranteed it i blame a lot of it on this man named jonathan kane which he's a crazy religious fanatic now oh uh. so he's caused more problems than anything because i i said i've said this before i believe he's the reason steve perry doesn't come back to journey and Arnold Pineda even got on social media and said, if you're going to fire me, fire me. He's this guy that's singing now. He's the guy that kind of brought that band back. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get a lot of shine, but I'm going to give him some shine because he's been their longest tenured singer trying to hit those ranges. Sounds like a mess. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, finally, this is what I want in on. Okay. If no one has seen it, look up the Flash trailer. If yeah. you're around my age or even Megan's age. If you're in your 30s. Yes, you are going to be so excited. Seeing Michael Keaton come back as Batman and see him do these things, I had goosebumps. I was (laughs) in awe. I got so excited I was screaming for Megan. You gripped my arm. (laughs) Yes. I I was so happy. We have dogged on superhero movies for so long. Yes, Marvel. Yes, yes, to be specific. To be fair, to be fair. (laughs) And unfortunately, I we're gonna watch the movie. I know we're gonna watch the movie. It just sucks that Ezra Miller is in it and he's like super problematic right now. Yes, and there's two Ezra's in it. Yes, they do a parent trap on us. (laughs) They've got two Ezra Millers. (laughs) I like that. A parent trap. (laughs) A sister sister, if you will. I I guess it depends on what uh generation you're from mine right. is parent trap <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the same time sister sister the same story technically they raised differently mm-hmm. come together right now over me and there was a mary kate and ashley one too right that is well, it. but they are the parent trap 
No, I thought Parent Trap was Lindsay Lohan. Oh, that's right. Because that's why I said they pulled a it Parent takes Trap. Two. That's it. Yeah. That's the, but there is actually two of them. That's the that's, movie I went to see it. So, like when I did the summer camp program thing, they took us to see It Takes Two. And I was like, I don't want to see Steve Gutenberg fall off the map even further. <laughs> no. Still had to see it. Ali Sheedy, that's when she was still. Ooh, we haven't done a, a Gutenberg movie yet, have we? Uh-uh. It's coming. Was I can't even think of one he's in. Cocoon. <laughs> How'd you read my mind? I don't know. I was getting ready to say the cocoon. <laughs> are, are we changing our next movie? No. No. No, no we're no. not. <laughs> even though we could talk about Short Circuit. Oh, that, oh, Police Academy. that's right. Yeah. Three Men and a Little Baby. How about we talk about this week's movie? Oh, yeah, that's true. Let's segue. Let's get there. Yeah, let's go ahead and get it started, shall we? We haven't even told you what we're covering yet, and it's good. Yeah, let's get it started, shall we? All right. This week, we are covering Better Off Dead. From 1985, a very good year. Mm-hmm. My birth year. John Cusack. And I think this is our first John Cusack movie. He, yep. Yes. Pretty sure it is. Yes. One of many. I know we're going to cover more. Yes. This is a very good movie. Uh, released August 23rd, 1985. Directed by Savage Steve Holland, which I will cover more about him when we get into those liner notes. Mm-hmm. That is his name. That is, say, his name. is that his legal first name yes. is Savage? Yes. Okay. <laughs> he he changed it. He oh, added that. Okay. Like, you know, like Bobcat Goldthwaite. <laughs> I that's not a stage who name? Did, who did work for him? Is that not a stage name? I'm pretty sure he had it changed to Bobcat Goldthwaite. Oh Lord. Okay. But Savage Steve Holland, he only directed three movies. This is one of them. That's it? <laughs> yes. Well, and I've seen so at I'll, least I'll, two uh, of three. <laughs> So you have this movie, Better Off Dead, mm-hmm. uh, One Crazy Summer. Yeah. And I can't remember the other one because the third one's really bad. It sucks. Okay, that's why I was like, I know two of the three for yeah. sure. He's really loyal to people that he puts in his movies, though. I will well, say that. I mean, he only did a couple, so. <laughs> yeah. But the ones he did do, definitely put these people in. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that budget real mm-hmm. quick, if that's okay. I would like that. Yes. So this movie was made for more money than I thought. Mm-hmm. $3.5 million with no names. No proven names in this movie. What? John Cusack wasn't a name yet? No. 85? Eh, I guess. No, he's just like starting to build a name because he didn't get any real recognition until 16 Candles, which came out the year before. What about his mom? I've seen her and stuff. Not Later. Big. Okay. See, time, I'm so bad with times and years and stuff. But this had a lot of people that were supposed to be on the rise in it. Mm-hmm. Really. But like in today's dollars, that's just over nine and a half million dollars that that movie got made for. That's a pretty cheap budget. Yeah. Uh, it made $10, $10 million at the box office. It made its money. Yeah. So about 28 and a half today. So, okay. I mean, that's good money. Yeah. That's I mean, three it, times your budget. Not like a success, but it's good. No, it made its money. That's all you can say. It guaranteed Steve, Steve Holland was going to get to do another movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to get into the cast. You have John Cusack, which I think everybody knows a John Cusack movie. You He's been popular to. for so long. I mean, you have 16 Candles, The Sure Thing, Better Off Dead, One Crazy Summer, Say Anything, which Say Anything was like, like everybody knows the boombox over the head. Yeah. Even if you don't know that was John Cusack, now you know. In your eyes. <laughs> that song. <laughs> it's been parodied and so many movies and, and john TV cusack shows. yeah and john cusack to this day still refuses to do that scene he has been 
offered it so many times on talk shows and uh-huh. he just refuses. Why? Because he thinks it's stupid. Yeah, he doesn't like looking back it's at that cheesy. time of his life. <laughs> well, and like you have his more recent movies. Uh, he was in Hot Tub Time Machine, which we both like a lot. Mm-hmm. I love him in that movie. Mm-hmm. And we saw him in that uh, movie where he was Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys. Uh, what was it called? Love and Mercy. Oh, okay. That was a good movie. He was in a serious movie, right? Like a action or thriller. Well, I think he, he was in Con Air. No, I'm thinking oh, something Oh, he was in more. another movie. I can't remember what it was, but he was like the serial killer and Nicolas Cage had to find him. <laughs> was he in Speed? No, that was Keanu Reeves. That's right. Both treasures. Both of yes. them. <laughs> uh, yeah, David Ogden Steers, who a lot of people know as Cogsworth from Disney's Beauty and the Beast. But okay. I remember him from as uh, Mayor Nicholson in Doc, Holl- in, uh, Doc Hollywood. Okay. He's more he's more known for uh, his voice acting. He plays the dad in this. Okay. And you can hear it once you hear him talk. Uh, uh, you have, have one of my, see. maybe my first crush, Diane Franklin, is in this. Well, technically my two first crushes were in this. Diane Franklin and the blonde? Yeah, E.G. Daly. Oh, okay. Which she was in Nightmare on Elm Street, right? No, no, no. You're getting that mixed up. I'll... Ah, uh, really? Yes, Diane Franklin is. Uh, she plays Monique. I know, French not girl. Diane Franklin. I'm talking about. No, you're talking about Amanda oh, Weiss. Oh, yes, yes. Okay, I know who you're talking about right. now with the singer, right? With the voice, Dottie. <laughs> right, Diane Franklin was. Uh, she made her real breakout role in one of my favorite films, Last American Virgin, okay. which is like the movie I like, gained the crush for her from. Uh, but that same year she was in Amityville 2, The Possession, one of the mm. worst movies ever made. <laughs> Movie sucks. Uh, she also did Terror Vision, which is a fun film. Uh-huh. And uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. See, I've only seen that movie all the way through like one time, and it's been a while. Yeah, she plays one of the princesses. But something I really didn't uh, remember mm-hmm. was she did an episode of Freddy's Nightmares. I didn't realize until we got on Tubi and I was watching them and I was like, that's Diane Franklin. Uh, that was like the TV series, wasn't yes. it? <laughs> yeah, and she was pretty good in it. Uh, she's made a return to acting recently, but it's mostly been in just like horror movies. Okay. Nothing nothing we would know. Uh, you had Kim Kirby, who was the mom. Where do you remember her from? I think I, I, think I know what you were going to say. It was either Halloween 2, or not Halloween 2, uh, Teen Wolf 2. Okay. Or yeah. Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. Uh, probably not that. Yeah, because that movie's dog shit. <laughs> but so is Teen Wolf 2. So we can just say her career wasn't that good. Okay. <laughs> uh, you had Curtis Armstrong, who we both know very well. Uh, he was in Risky Business, One Crazy Summer with John oh, Cusack. Yep. Uh, Jingle All the Way. Uh, okay. I don't Dodgeball. Know. He's the one that disqualifies the the... The Girl Scouts. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's in a Goofy movie. He's one of the voices in that. I can't remember who, uh, which one he does, but he's he, he's 100% in it. And then you had, of course, his <laughs> all his Revenge of the Nerds movie. Revenge of the Nerds, Revenge of the Nerds 2, Nerds in Paradise. He's the voice of Snot in American Dad, yes. right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, but don't forget, he did the very good movie, Revenge of the Nerds 4, Nerds in Love. You know, I think I've seen the first one, and that was good enough for me. Yeah. And then, you like you were trying to bring up earlier, Amanda Weiss, 
she's famous for Fast Times at Ridgemont High and, of course, A Nightmare on Elm Street. She didn't really do anything else. This, I don't think her career ever really took off. She is the one in the body bag, right? Yes. Okay, that's what she's I thought. She's the one that Lane, John Cusack, is trying to win back. Beth. Oh, go yeah. on. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> uh, Yuji Okamoto. Mm-hmm. He's been in some movies I really love. Karate Kid 2 and uh, The Truman Show. And, of course, he's back in Cobra Kai. Oh, okay. Chosen. And then Dan Schneider, who I'll bring up later. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in Good Burger, but he's more known for the shows he made, like Keenan and Kel, all that, the Amanda Shown stuff. Oh, okay. Um, so he got in a Nickelodeon money. Oh, yeah. Enough that he'll never be in trouble. <laughs> uh, Rick Rosenthal made a real small appearance in this. He's famous for directing Halloween 2 and Halloween Resurrection. And then finally, uh, I'm going to say it, E.G. Daly. Yeah, her one one scene. Yep, and then she only needs one scene. And she stays clothed. Yep. Good for her. <laughs> Valley Girl, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, One Dark Night. I mean, how was I never going like, to not like her? I guess, she. I know she goes topless in one movie. Valley Girl. Is that the only one? Yeah. Okay. I just <laughs> assumed she did more for some reason. Yeah, this is a great movie. I'm excited that we're doing this one. Okay. Um, Oh, you haven't given us a synopsis yet. I prepared. All right. So, you ready? Yes. Lane Meyer is a teen with a peculiar family and bizarre fixation with his girlfriend, Beth. When Beth dumps Lane, he decides to kill himself, making bumbling attempts at suicide. Outside of his morbid endeavors, Lane spends time with his his oddball buddy, Charles, and befriends Monique, a visiting French student. Eventually, Lane resolves to race Beth's obnoxious new bow on the ski slopes with unexpected results. Oh, not bad. No, I don't think that's terrible. We've had worse. Yeah. We've definitely had worse. I guess we do have to like preface, or I'm going to preface just because I know... um, some people might find it triggering, but this movie definitely does cover suicide. Yeah, a lot of talk and attempts of suicide, uh, all in a lighthearted fashion. So we'll definitely talk about this later. That sounds weird. Um, we'll we'll get into our our personal thoughts on it later, but we'll do the breakdown of the movie first. But just be forewarned if you've never seen this movie, first of all, spoilers all all around. You're just about to get a ton of spoilers, but. Yes, it covers topics of suicide. You also have to realize he's a he's a kid. He is in high school. His first love. Everything is the end of the world. Right. And when they say he has an obsession with his girlfriend, it is far beyond an obsession. Yeah, this it freaking is unhealthy. Movie. <laughs> yeah, this movie opens where he goes into his closet, and like all his hangers have her like face on them. Yeah, and I think he does that. To me, it seems like he's almost doing that to see what she would look like wearing his clothes, like if he were to give her his jacket mm-hmm. or his vest or whatever. Uh, Freaking soundtrack in this movie owns, too. Well, first, the movie actually opens up with, uh, and how I knew it was the same person who directed One Crazy Summer, mm-hmm. is it opens up with his art. Uh, yeah, the animation. With the cartoon, yes. Of the princess being stolen and yeah. <laughs> uh, a knight going to save her, mm-hmm. but then the cars and all that stuff. Yes, yeah. And then you get to see Lane's bedroom, which is covered 
floor to ceiling, every available space has yeah. pictures of Beth. It is just inches and inches terrifying. of covered wall in Beth. And then you see him laying in bed and he rolls over and reaches under his pillow and pulls out a framed picture of Beth <laughs> and like carries it with him to the bathroom. It's and he commits the ultimate sin and gets in the shower with his socks on. <laughs> I'll never he forgive did him. Do that. I cannot forgive him for that. Savage Steve Holland, he's got this way of directing. Like you remember a lot of things about his movies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like for some reason, I don't know why I remembered that and you remembered that. But it's so random. Because like, it makes l- me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I guess that would be it. But, you know, he's getting ready to go hit the slopes. Mm-hmm. Gets out of the shower. He's uh, blow drying his socks after yeah. he gets out. Which, ugh, ugh. So, <laughs> just everything about that opening scene. And you also get, you get to see just how obscure his family is because then it cuts to his dad where you think he's having a nightmare because he keeps like twitching in his sleep (laughs) but then you hear the sound like of a a card against bike spokes and um he can hear the neighbor boy or the uh, paper boy uh, paper boy coming down the street from blocks away and his dad ends up jumping up out of bed and running out of the house, grabbing his wife's robe Shotgun and throwing on. it over him. And he's running out to stop the paper boy from throwing <laughs> the newspaper through his last good window in the garage door. We've all been there, too. He just beats him. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> he runs and he gets the, the garage door up in time. And he yells at him like, you missed. And... Uh, tries to go back in the house and the garage door falls and all oh. of the glass shatters. <laughs> that the dad in this movie cannot catch a break. No. And the mom is really dense. Yeah, his mom is making them breakfast and she sits something on the plate and it's like green and gelat or blue and gelatinous. Ugh. And he asks his dad asks what it is and she's like, "Well, I know you said you didn't like how greasy the bacon is, so I boiled it." Yeah. <laughs> So you have dad who's got this weird um, thing with the the paper boy (laughs) and the mom who is kind of out of it. Mm -hmm. Lane, who showers with his socks on. (laughs) And then he has a younger brother who doesn't have a single line in this movie. And technically he's the more we get to see his brother. What was his name? Badger. His real name, I think. Or is that what his credited name is? Is Badger? Yeah. The character name? Yeah. Yeah, so Badger. Badger <laughs> kind of comes off like a genius. He's clipping say. these uh, coupons off of all the cereal boxes or all mm-hmm. these different boxes. And Lane tries to come downstairs, or his dad, he doesn't want to eat the bacon. So he goes to pour a bowl of cereal and it just <laughs> pours out all over the floor because his son has cut out parts of the boxes, which. Not one of those boxes of cereal not, had a bag in that's it. That's what I'm saying. Is that how they package cereal? Someone no, in the 80s no, no, tell no, no, me. No, 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 That's not a thing. <laughs> okay. It's not a thing. That's what I was... I, no, they're not just putting it in a box like that. <laughs> but the brother is this weird, like, mad genius who's sending in all of his coupons to get this, what looks like a kid's toy, but we'll find out later. He, he um He's trying to it. do a bunch of things. <laughs> yes. Lane... Rushes downstairs, grabbing his skis and heading out the door to go to ski tryouts. Yes, he's trying to make the ski team. Which, what freaking schools have that? Because they live, I mean, are we to assume they live in California? Okay. 
California has some really big slopes. Mm-hmm. A lot of ba- a lot of mountains. Honestly, people mostly think of California as like a desert, but it's not. I mean, I know that it does have cold mountains and stuff like that, but I don't realize it until it is shown to me. I'm like, oh yeah, right. you guys get like below sixty degrees in places. Crazy. A lot of thick <laughs> snow. Yeah. Um, he shows up to practice, mm-hmm. and he goes does he pick up beth i don't remember it it flashes over to beth who's on the phone with one of her friends and she's like i mean i like lane he's nice but he's kind of a dork yeah she said that she needs she wants to go for the captain of the ski team because he's a stud and and she's ready to be more popular is how she puts it yes as she you can see her swapping out lane's picture for this this guy's picture. I can't think of his Stalin. name. It's a Stalin. What a name. He even named him after somebody evil. That's awful. So him and Beth show up to these ski tryouts and so does his friend Charles. <laughs> Which we like Charles. Charles is a nut. Even though Charles is trying to be a drug addict in a town with no drugs. He is. There's one part there at the grocery store and he's buying whipped cream because he's like, this is the only kind of high I can get I in this town. drugs here. And he, you can hear the desperation in his voice. Right. <laughs> And he's Burger from Revenge of the Nerds. Yes. What a name. (laughs) So Stalin sets the ground rules to make the ski team. And it's like next to impossible. They have to like get Mm -hmm. less than 58 seconds down the slope. It was something ridiculous. And Lane has his turn come up after all these other guys have failed miserably. I think he hit it, but the guy didn't stop the watch until he waited until he got across, then hit it after he was already across. Which you're supposed to hit as soon as you're hitting the uh, crossing lane. Yeah. Lane skis down. Does a really good job. Just beats it too. He has to get under 58 seconds and the guy stops the watch at a minute and like some change. And he's Ooh, like, oh, too just bad. Just beat it. <laughs> and Beth's like, oops, sorry, Lane. We're over. And then so he doesn't make the ski team. And then Beth's like, yeah, I think we're done. So his entire life just like falls apart in front Didn't of him. Didn't make the ski team. Lost his girl. And like a span of five minutes and And i think that's when he wrecked one of his skis too wasn't it uh, i don't remember because that does happen at some part in this movie because you got to have a lot of bad things happen to this character he breaks it i just don't remember at what point he breaks it so he goes home and he decides that's it i'm done (laughs) and he tries to hang himself in the garage with an electrical cord then he comes to his senses it's like why would you do that he's like wait a second it's not the end of the world and he goes to take the electrical cord off and his mom just slams the garage door (laughs) open because she's vacuuming and she can't hear him so she knocks him off his feet and he's right to the to that shelf yeah and he's actually hanging and she's just vacuuming and doesn't see him or hear him (laughs) he ends up getting loose he ends up falling down he got got off there somehow we didn't see it but it happens yeah somehow he comes down so, Lane is going through it right now. He's not having a good time. No, he's, he's kind of like, he's at his wit's end with life. Meanwhile, there is a second, kind of a second storyline going on that will eventually cross, path, cross paths later. Mm-hmm. But the next door neighbor, his name is right Ricky. Across, right across the street. He is awful. <laughs> Ricky his mom. is... Yeah, Ricky and his mom, which I don't even know what her name is. I don't either. I don't Just Ricky's care to know mom. It. Ricky's mom. She Christmas. Yeah. 
she is overbearing to this child and ricky is i mean he's in high school he's got to be like anywhere between 16 and 18 yeah. years old and the mom is delusional about this super kid. socially awkward yeah <laughs> and they've taken in a foreign exchange student which happens to be a very pretty young french girl by monique. the name of monique <laughs> and monique we believe at the time doesn't speak a word of English. And no. so when they try to talk to her, she plays <laughs> stupid. Like, I don't know what you're saying to me. She just smiles a lot. And just does like, like awkward faces. That's all yeah. you ever see her do. And the mom's like, Oh, I think love is blooming. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, not good. Yeah. And Ricky is like super possessive of her. Yeah. He treats her kind of like a, like a pet. Kind of. Say. Yeah. Cause he, keeps her by his side all the time that when they're at lunch and she has her jello or a it's like a hostess cake or something like that he like takes it out of her hand yeah, and, and starts eating, eating it, it. <laughs> yeah she gets to meet charles for the first time and he's snorting <laughs> jello well ricky starts drinking Ugh. his jello through a straw so she turns to look at charles like help me and he starts snorting his <laughs> jello and she's like great this he, is great he, he does the nice thing though he tries to offer her some bump yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, get down do you well lane so you've got ricky and monique doing their thing she's not having a good time lane's not having a good time but no. lane is trying to turn his life around he's like you know what i'm gonna get myself a new girlfriend i have to one-up beth is what i have to do and he says everything he can like he tries going back to class and stuff then the teacher he starts having oh. memories of her then the teacher's trying to hit on her there's a yeah the, the guy from ghost weird scene it's a, like a, a geometry class i think and all of the kids in the class are like super excited about it and they all have right. really big folders and notebooks of uh geometry notes and they and all want to answer about the class <laughs> they all want to answer the question and Ugh. then you have lane who didn't bring his books to class didn't this study honestly a reoccurring dream i have <laughs> so i don't oh, want to getting called out when you don't know shit i don't want to think about it because i'll probably have this dream <laughs> but it's true i have been out of college for almost 10 years which mm -hmm. is crazy and i still have dreams where i go to class and the professor's like you haven't been here all semester and now you're gonna show up and i'm like oh my god and i freak out this is kind of <laughs> what happens why everyone pulls out their notebook and he pulls out a wadded piece of paper that says do homework and it's got a uh -huh. piece of gum stuck to it. <laughs> he did not do his homework. <laughs> and the, the kids in this movie are so over the top. Mm -hmm. Like Every kid in this class is so excited about doing their homework and stuff. That's why I think it, it, it's memorable because you have like the guy that brings the full computer in there. Yes. Yeah. And he's just got it at the desk and he's just typing away. Even Charles. Charles is in that class and he pulls out a huge notebook. And I'm mm -hmm. just like, what is going on? After looking at a fetal pig in a Ugh, jar. Yeah, he's carrying that jar around. But, but Lane is, he's trying to turn his life around. So he decides he's going to ask out um, one of the cheerleaders. And they're like, you can't ask her out. She's dating the basketball team. And like, I don't The whole need, basketball yeah, team. Yeah, they're like, not just one of them. She's dating the whole basketball <laughs> team. And all the basketball players, all they do is grunt. This movie... Yeah. One thing about this movie is it's very uh, over the top and 
satirical in a way yeah so there are parts that are serious but then it like the part in the geometry class or with the basketball players where they just grunt and that's how they communicate and the cheerleader just happens to be on roller skates yeah she's rollerblading so lane takes rollerblades from some kids sitting nearby (laughs) oh i guess they were just skates and he tries to skate up to her in the lunch line (laughs) because she goes up to get like another drink or something and she immediately rolls away from him like, ew, no. And then when he tries to tell her sorry, he trips and falls and rips oh her friggin' gosh. outfit off. So she's just staying in her underwear. So mm-hmm. he gets beat up by the whole basketball team. Oh. <laughs> He's He can't catch break. Poor guy. No, he and he keeps failing at stuff. Like Christmas comes. Uh, the dad puts that brand new door with brand new uh, window panes. <laughs> with a bow in the garage. on it. Uh, for some reason, they got a bunch of TV dinners for Christmas. Oh, my God. The mom. She's dressed up like a reindeer. She's like, I remember how much you said you liked the brownie. Yeah. <laughs> Gives him a TV dinner. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I said. I think she's just medicated throughout the whole movie. Mom is not okay. <laughs> she's and not every time well. she's cooking, it's always something that's outrageous. Like Ooh. she has the pot that randomly has like the tentacles in it and like the big crab claw that's like pointing up. Yeah. When she said she made beef stroganoff Ugh. and it was just like blue You like gel. raisins. <laughs> the pages stuck together. I put raisins in it. You said you liked raisins. And then it crawls <laughs> off the plate. <laughs> it's stuff like that. Very comical over the top. Mm-hmm. It looked comedy. like Vic's. It looks like it looked like Vicks vapor rub. It did, kinda. Like blue slime. Yep. It's <laughs> nasty. Ugh. Well, <laughs> Lane just has like misfire after misfire. But then he eventually <laughs> tries to befriend Monique and he's mm-hmm. like, You don't speak any English, but I'm gonna talk to you anyway. When did it really start? Right when the time he was trying to light himself on fire. <laughs> <laughs> what? You just made yourself laugh. What sense? I was thinking about when he tried to light himself on fire because that scene's freaking hilarious. When Lane's trying to light himself on fire? Yeah, with the kerosene. Puts on the the, uh, tie around his head like a headband and wears like the bed sheet in there and they're getting ready to have dinner. He He talks to Monique first in the cafeteria um oh yeah it's kind of in passing for just a second yeah and then they have ricky and his mom and the exchange (laughs) student over for dinner monique and it's gonna be french cuisine and oh yeah french fries (laughs) french toast (laughs) (laughs) what else did she make french bread (laughs) french bread and for and then was she it was like french dressing too oh yeah french and she says french like french (laughs) dressing and perrier (laughs) Yeah. The water. <laughs> oh my God. Uh yeah. So Lane is going through it again. He's like, I just I'm better off dead. Haha, <laughs> that's the name of the movie. But he goes through these waves and he just thinks this is it. So he brings a jar of kerosene to the table <laughs> to to just kill himself. And Ricky's mom accidentally picks it up and pours herself a glass that's and she's the like the best moonshine I've had since my grandpa. <laughs> she says like really good liquor. Yeah. <laughs> and then lights a cigarette. Oh my gosh, <laughs> the freaking windows blow out of the house. <laughs> and she asked to wear those bandages, like a beard bandage yeah. over her face. A literal mummy. Sorry I blew up your mom, Ricky. <laughs> 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 Ricky is just so pissed in the backseat of that car. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And you can tell Monique is really starting to like him. I know. Like she immediately is like, I can hang with this dude. And oh, we didn't even talk about um 
the the racing guys the guys in the car are the two asians oh yeah 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 <laughs> so there's all there's a lot of side stories mm-hmm. because lane he, can't beat these guys he always runs into these two guys who drive a car and they learn to speak english by watching the world well, uh wide world of sports, wide world of sports. <laughs> and he, another exciting day they always try to drag race down the road and lane always messes up and hits another car or something or has it in reverse but uh one part of the movie they pull up to the light and he's got monique and ricky in the car with him and they pull up <laughs> next to him and ricky's like that'll that's breaking the law you can't do that and monique reaches over and steps she on the gas the gas and she thinks it's hilarious they end up wrecking the car and she's like flight yeah she's having a good time and laughing and ricky's like super ticked off in the back seat <laughs> i'm telling my mom <laughs> <laughs> but lane and monique start to bond at this point when he realizes he can he she reveals to him that she can speak english yes he can Perfect confide english. in her and she's like he's the most normal person i've met surprisingly so in this whole his town. testicles on me <laughs> uh, tentacles tentacles yeah the big moment between them is where he hears something outside banging up against a street sign and goes mm-hmm. out there and sees Monique is throwing she is like apples baseball, or something. Baseballs. She was winging baseballs. They were baseballs. She, it was fruit because it no, was wet. It, and, they, no, they, it, it was baseball. She was because she talks about the only reason she came to America was to come to Dodger Stadium. You better chickety check yourself. Because, you better riggedy wreck yourself because <laughs> I know what I know what I'm talking about. She was throwing baseballs. She's throwing something at a sign that's round and she it's was wet. A, Megan, and is wet. It was not wet. Yeah. That was the shine off the sign. I'm, I swear to God, John, I'm about to pause this episode and show you. How about this? How about you just pull it up while we're talking? Because I can talk while you're doing that. I'm not going to do that. She's throwing stuff at a sign. He comes out there and tries to ask her what's wrong. And she won't talk to him. He said, okay, good talk. And turns around to walk away. And she, she just starts baseball. speaking English. And he said, what the heck? You know how to speak English? And she's like, of course I do. I can't believe you don't remember that. To see John, Dodger Stadium. Yes. She talked. Yes, John, but she's not throwing baseballs. <laughs> she was throwing baseballs. They didn't just have apples sitting out in the yards. <laughs> John, Megan, not now. Not now. <laughs> we're going to have this conversation, and then people are going to come on here, and they're going to say the same thing. She's throwing baseballs. And they're going to say she was throwing fruit. She was not throwing fruit. <laughs> okay. So this isn't a Gallagher show. Back to the point of the movie. Lane and Monique have... Uh, a conversation where she's talking about she wanted to come to America because she loves baseball and she mm-hmm. thought it was going to be this wonderful experience. And then she ends up in Ricky's house and she's like, Ugh. I hate it here. He's trying to put his testicles on me. <laughs> and he's like, ooh, tentacles. Tentacles, yo. <laughs> and has to correct her a couple of times. Um, he's just very handsy. Yes. And then the mom will not stop trying to push her off on him. Yeah, she won't let Monique out of their sight. She's like, you have to stay with Ricky. <laughs> she comes out with the freaking uh, bandages on is that my boy bothering you? <laughs> <laughs> so you are my friend. Lane and Monique, they kind of, they bond at this point and he tells her a little bit about himself and um, he mentions the car and the yard at mm-hmm. some point and she knows how to work on cars. So she ends up oh. fixing the car for him. She kind of, she repaired him technically because he bought the car because Amanda Weiss yeah, Beth said, it, said was tasty. it was a tasty car, so he bought it and then never doesn't know anything about cars. Bought a car that didn't work. Yeah, uh, it was a Corvette, I think, or I Camaro. Think was, I think it was a Corvette or Camaro. I think you're right. One of those two. 
Monique happens to know how to work on cars, so she fixes it, and he's impressed, and he's like, holy crap, you should come with me to my <laughs> ski tryout, because I'm going to race the K-12, I think is what it's called. Yeah. And, which is this treacherous uh, track, the ski track. People die on it. Yeah, they said some people have died. And he wants to go because he still has in his head that he's got to like impress Beth, but he's starting to fall for Monique. And now he's doing it for himself. Yeah. Now that's what, that's what Monique gives him. Yeah. Confidence in himself. They have that, that big like coach player talk (laughs) right before he skis and he makes her dinner, a really nice uh, TV dinner, plays the saxophone for randomly. (laughs) We didn't even know he could play the sax out the whole movie. Yeah, that's true. It's never brought up. <laughs> Man, he had to take that shitty job, too. Don't forget. Oh, I forgot about that, where he works at the the, the burger place or yeah. something, and he has mm. to dress up like a pig, yeah. and the dude makes that awful pig noise. Yeah, Stalin. Is <laughs> not what a pig sounds like. <laughs> uh, he, oh, then he, he, he lives in his head a lot. That's why yes, he draws and the stuff. the claymation and the drawing. Yeah, so he has this big like thing he does with the meat, and it starts playing Van Halen, which we've all been there. The dancing hamburgers. Mm-hmm. And then he Frankensteins one to life. and <laughs> Which is perfect, because being horror fans, can't get better than that. Well, and that's why he gets fired from the job, because the, <laughs> the owner, comes owner in. walks in as he's like got food flung everywhere, and he's uh. playing Dr. Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, loses that job pretty quickly. (laughs) Back to the skiing. There's so many little offshoots. We could Mm -hmm. talk so much about this movie. But he ends up going. He skates the K-12. Makes it to the bottom. Survives. And everyone's like, holy crap. Mm -hmm. Beth is there. And he actually, Beth comes to like cheer for him. And He did it on one ski too. Oh yeah. Hit one of his skis broke. broke. That's right. And... After just getting it fixed. He ends up getting to the bottom and Beth wants to, his ex wants to cheer and like congratulate him. No, thank you. And he starts to for a second, but then you could, you look over and you see Monique and she looks hurt, uh, mm-hmm. understandably. Oh, we also forgot about the kid, the $2 kid. Oh my gosh. How did we forget him? <laughs> I know. He finally gets his comeuppance too. Goes right off the mountain. We did mention the newspaper boy in the beginning. Yes. He shows up frequently through the movie harassing lane because he owes him two dollars for all the news why weren't he going after the dad i that never made sense to me i don't know because the dad and the paper boy had that whole thing in the beginning you think it would be like a continuous yeah it should never been lane Mm -mm. just like the asians finally getting their their comeuppance too they got beat by lane and their car blew up he did he beats them in the race he skates the k-12 he has a moment where he could take Beth back, and then he realizes he doesn't want Beth anymore. She's a terrible no. person. We also need to mention our favorite part of the movie, the the dance. Oh, man. <sighs> See, it, this is why I, I'm, I'm cycling back. I know. We jump around so much, but it's there's so much to this movie. <laughs> That's when we get E.G. Daily. Yep, you get to see her her one scene her, where her she performs song, a song. Better Off Dead. Better Off Dead. And... <laughs> they're giving out balloons at the high school dance. I don't know. Yeah, it's, kind of, it's kind of weird. But uh, Lane and Monique are standing outside. This is when I think they really started taking off. It was that was that scene. She doesn't speak any English here yet, though. So he's really just having a one sided conversation. No, I, mean, I, just, I think he starts being on her radar. Yeah, because she's trying to convey to him without saying it in English that like 
help me. Let's, you know, come with me. Let's go away. And Ricky shows up and he's running after Monique. He's like, Monique, with the his fr- balloon. The freaking balloon comes out of his hand. He tries to do that half jump. <laughs> you laugh at that every time. I love it this little funny. bunny hop that he does. Mother would be picking us up. Oh, yes. He's mad because Monique walked away and he has to corral her so his After mom After Ricky gave those brilliant dance moves. Oh, Lord. He was ter- cutting a rug up. In those <laughs> terrible white shoes. Yes, it was bad. But in the end, Lane... Finally, he finally gets what he needed. He got the win and he realized he could live without Beth. Mm-hmm. He ends up with Monique, which... Here's an... <laughs> After Ricky tries to take after Ricky tries to take Monique off. This isn't something we dis- that's discussed in the movie, but if Lane really is as obsessive of a person as he is, which we've already seen he mm-hmm. is with Beth, he ends up hooking up or like him and Monique end up together. She's an exchange student, meaning she's going to go back to France, so he's going to get attached to her and then she's She's going go to go to school leave. there, I think. Well, she better otherwise he's going to lose his mind. <laughs> Because, uh, I don't know, this movie has a really good ending. Even Ricky ends up with another oh, nerd. Yeah, that nerdy chick shows up. and After him and Lane have that really f- awkward sword fight with the ski st- ski. Uh, oh, yeah, the ski sticks. sticks. <laughs> I don't know what they're actually called. I don't either. They're just poles. Yeah. But then that's really the end of the movie. Yeah, it ends Pretty with them it. at Dodger Stadium. He yes. Took, he took her. They are sitting on his car that she fixed in the middle of Dodger Stadium making out. Yeah. With the saxophone in his lap. <laughs> <laughs> and she One made him many. a better skier, too. We forgot about that. Yeah. There's so much this, this movie, it's hard movie. to cover in an hour. Yes. People, anybody that's listening to this, please watch Better Off Dead. I mm-hmm. can't say that enough. This is a phenomenal movie it is suicide good. suicide aside i would say it's good um it couldn't be, be made today yeah it i it's not one of those you could cut out certain elements i mean i really don't think this movie could be made at all <laughs> right club goers please do the right thing <laughs> i should just call you guys clubbers i like that better clubbers <laughs> yeah like we're getting ready to go out go clubbing yeah about to shake it we'll come up with a name i don't know yeah I like clubbers. I don't know. It's not sticking for me. (laughs) We'll see. You ain't said it yet. I said it once. Say it again. Clubbers. Say it with some feeling. Don't clubbers. It's not. No, it sounds weird. Like you're (laughs) with your mouth. It does not. It's huh. I'm sick of fighting with you this episode. How about we talk about some trivia? How about you stop trying to throw fruit and start throwing some baseballs? Mm, John. (laughs) Okay. We're not. We're not going down this again. <laughs> I'm going to cover trivia. How about that? I'm ready. I got some stuff to add if you don't get to it. Well, I'm going to cover what I can, but we're already like pushing it here. People I'll want, do what I can. People want the push. Okay. I am getting most of all of my information from Mental Floss. Okay. I like to cite my sources. That's the English major in me. <laughs> okay. The clubbers are waiting. So they don't have as many facts, but they have a lot of details about the facts that they do have. 
So the first fact that they cover is that Better Off Dead is actually based on a true story. Really? Yes, it's based off Savage Holland's real life. He said he wrote the script based on his own high school girlfriend, who he did indeed, who who did indeed leave him for the captain of the ski team. That really happened. Six years after the movie came out, his ex got in touch with him. So after Better Off Dead, wow, his ex came back to him and said, he said, I got a call. I don't know how she got my number. And she said, I've been in therapy because I saw your movie and I had no idea. <laughs> oh, my God. That's crazy. And then she sent me cookies and stuff. (laughs) You want to know something really cool, though? Uh Uh-huh. All great stories come out of personal experience. Uh Mm-hmm. Or things that you've really invested your time in doing the research. Yeah. Well, and one of the scenes we talked about in the garage with the electrical cord, Mm -hmm. that also, he also really did that. He said that... uh, his quote is, I went into the garage, I put an extension cord on a pipe, and I'm on a garbage can, and I'm thinking, should I do this? Maybe this isn't a good idea. Anyway, it was a plastic garbage can, and my weight just crashed through it, and I fell, and the pipe broke, and it started pouring water everywhere. And I'm basically in this garbage can drowning, and my mom comes in and yells at me for breaking a pipe, which is what any mom would do. <laughs> <laughs> so that scene really happened, too. Wow. I mean, for the most part. Not the way how he actually... That's- Hung, but that's pretty good. I, I can't lie, that's that's good trivia. Mm-hmm. Henry Winkler played a part in getting this movie made. Really? Look at me surprising you. I'm so happy. I love okay. the Fonz. You know, I love the Fonz. Uh, all right, in the early 80s, Holland had a short film called My 11 Year Old Birthday Party, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he it played at the Los Angeles Film Festival. Henry Winkler saw the film and took a liking to Holland. He said, Henry took me to lunch and he said that the movie said that my movie was funny and i'm like well wait a minute it wasn't supposed to be funny it's a sad story about my life (laughs) (laughs) so he asked if i had any more sad stories about my life and i said of course i do (laughs) so everyone talks about henry being the nicest guy in hollywood and he really is he didn't pay me or anything he just said i believe in you and i believe in your twisted vision and i want to give you an office that's crazy because there's so many people that took a liking to Savage Steve Holland. Mm-hmm. Like Billy Joel loved that guy, apparently. <laughs> That's why he did the move, the song with uh, Twisted Sister for um, One Crazy Summer. Be, be Cruel to Your School. Mm-hmm. Alice Cooper was also on that song. His humor is very dark. And I think for the t- he was in it's like a right place, right time, because that type of stuff couldn't be made today. But in the 80s, right. it was passable. And another thing, some people like when you look at things about him, they compare him a lot to uh, John Hughes. He was really capable of making things for the time. And John Hughes movies actually start off pretty dark and then they are edited and watered down so they're Mm -hmm. not as dark which what we found when we covered breakfast club right and we covered another one of his movies didn't we uh or maybe we just talked about it i don't know but we've talked about before where his scripts actually are pretty dark to start yes and then they have to edit it all right moving on savage (laughs) holland had to fight to get john cusack for this role He said that at Henry Winkler's suggestion, he told Holland to check out Cusack in The Mm -hmm. Sure Thing, which Henry executive produced. After seeing the movie, Holland thought that Cusack was perfect for the role. He said he couldn't see anybody else playing this person. 
He had a little bit of a scuff with some scuffle with some of the studio people because John had just been in 16 Candles playing yes. this kind of nerd. And they were like, this is not a leading man. And I said, yes, he is. So it was the producers who were saying John Cusack isn't a leading guy. Like, you're not yeah. going to get him for this movie. It's not going to work for you. And he said, you don't even know what you're getting right now. You're going to be so ahead of the curve to get John Cusack now. Yes. And I think this is the movie that launched him. I don't even think it was the sure thing. I think it took the sure thing for him to get more work. Mm-hmm. But 16 Candles put him on the radar. But this movie, I think, made him a, made him a star going forward. Yeah. They just, at the time, they thought he was just a side, a yeah, side, side character. And he said that getting John Cusack was the best thing that happened to him. I could see that. But then, even though he fought so hard to get John Cusack for the movie, John Cusack hated this movie. Yeah. He's talked about that. Well, Steve Holland has. Yeah, it's been widely reported that Cusack basically disowned the movie as soon as he saw it, which was the night before he was to begin filming the follow-up comedy, One Crazy Summer. Mm Though Cusack had helped Savage edit the movie, the film star walked out of the screening 20 minutes into it. He said, the next morning, John basically walked up to me and was like, you know, you tricked me. Better Off Dead was the worst thing I've ever seen. I'll never trust you as a director again, so don't speak to me. Like, it was very heated. He was not happy. And he said, once he had said that stuff, it was like a girlfriend breaking up with you is the way he described it. You can't fight with her. Everything is so great. And then they say, I hate you out of nowhere. And there's really no argument you can have. I had my heart broken. And (laughs) he almost quit directing after that, didn't he? Cause of that. Um, I didn't really read that was something that too much, but that was something I saw when I was doing my, uh, research, Mm -hmm. uh, Savage Steve Holland said that, but John Cusack has tried to, has debunked that. He said he loves that people remember this movie. He's like, people are going to remember the movies he liked and didn't like doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it it sucks that he hated it so much. But someone said that in 2014, John Cusack actually signed a Better Off Dead poster, which was like a big deal. Like he ended up signing it. And he said that someone would hand him something and he'd usually push it away. But this time... He signed it. So I think that was like a good an acceptance, sign. I guess. It's a good movie. <clears throat> yeah. And he's really good in it. The yeah, yeah. So one of the uh elements of this movie which seems kind of weird and out there is the claymation with the Van Halen, the hamburgers. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants some. Yeah, well, test audiences love the claymation. <laughs> I don't know. It's just that weird humor. I did. I remembered it from when I was a little kid. That's you know. I for the longest time I couldn't remember the name of the movie mm-hmm. when I was a kid. I was like, "What's the scene? What's the movie with the dancing hamburger?" That's what I used oh. to t- ask my uh, sisters growing up because they loved them from John Cusack. Well, again, this comes straight from Savage Life. He said that it, one of his first jobs was working at a McDonald's, and this is kind of where he got the idea for it. The restaurant, the fast food place, is called Pig Burger. By the way, okay. Which sounds awful. That doesn't even sound appetizing. Anyway, he said that when he worked there, there was a rumor that a rat fell into the, um, a rat fell into a vat at the chicken place and someone got served a fried rat. And that's what he had in the original script. And producers said, that's just disgusting and not funny. (laughs) Plus they would have lost money if they'd have done that. Yeah. Because fast food restaurants would have came for him. 
Yeah, so he saw a guy, uh, Jimmy Picker, had made a funny claymation short about Mayor Ed Cook. And mm-hmm. he said he really liked that. I could do something like that and still incorporate it into the hamburger scene. And then you the get the scene that, yeah, you get the scene that uh, we have today. And they said that they thought it was the greatest thing in the whole movie is what <laughs> test audiences. That's the one thing they talked about the most was that freaking dancing hamburger. Plus, you got to remember this. Van Halen was the biggest man in the world then. Yeah. There was nobody bigger than Van Halen. Well, let's talk about your crush, one of your crushes. I'm ready. One of your many, many crushes, Diane Franklin. <laughs> I love me some Diane Franklin. She actually talked the the Dodger Stadium into letting her sing the national anthem. What? Mm-hmm. At the end of Better Off Dead, Monique and Lane are making out on Dodger Stadium. We uh-huh. talk about in the car. Lane plays his saxophone for her. As a promo for the movie, Franklin had her manager contact the stadium to see if they'd be interested in having her do an autograph signing. She said, I just kind of thought it would be fun for people because if they saw the movie and I was at Dodger Stadium, it would be fun venue for everyone to come and see me. I'm going to share something with you. What? I've had conversations with her on uh, Twitter. Oh, really? <laughs> She's come back into uh, being involved in her legacy. Mm-hmm. She's a very sweet person. That's good. I would love to have her on here to talk. If I, I'm, There's going to come a point where we're, I'm going to have to reach out and ask her if she'll come on here. That would be cool. Yeah. (laughs) One day. Let's dream big. (laughs) Anyway, the ballpark said no to the signing, but asked her to sing the anthem, which is weird. They wouldn't let her do just a a signing. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I guess the national anthem, singing national anthem is quicker. Just get her in and out sort of thing. Like happy birthday. You can do it and don't have to worry about any royalties or nothing like that either. Because I think that's what public domain. Yeah. She said, what was unusual about that was when they introduced me, I thought they were going to say, here's Diane Franklin from Better Off Dead, or here's Diane Franklin from Bill and Ted or something like that. And they wound up saying, here's Diane Franklin. And I'm thinking, who knows who Diane Franklin is? Nobody knows who I am. (laughs) So she thought it was funny that they just said, here's this random woman singing the national anthem. She's she is strongly defended this movie, too. Defend it as in like... A 80s classic. When yeah. When you look at this movie... It's a cult classic, I would say. It yeah. definitely gained a And it following. has so many people in it that were in other 80s movies. Yeah. Well, the last thing I'm going to cover and we talked about is that Savage Holland does not think Better Off Dead would get made today. <laughs> no. So this this is his his words on it. It says, because of the success of Fast Times, studios were hungry for teen movies at the time. Mm -hmm. And in an interview, Holland said that the studio, Warner Brothers, trusted him. And he said, I would never get that movie made these days, but I just wanted to put in everything I knew about filmmaking, cartoons, claymation, everything, because I figured I'd have one chance at it. And today the comedy police would stop me. (laughs) Yes. When the movie came out and wasn't a success, Holland said he was put in film jail. He said, quote, I'm grateful for the chances that I had, like you wouldn't believe, but there's a point where I'm like, okay, I'd like to try and make a movie again. And everyone's like, I don't think so. (laughs) Mm. So he knows that the stuff he was making at the time would not fly with today's audience at all, especially this movie. I mean, yes, I'm just going to leave it at that, especially with this movie. And really, this movie, we could do a two part on Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of stuff. Do you like the Dan Schneider stuff is what I really wanted to talk about too and i don't know if we'll save that for patreon we could we can definitely do follow-up 
Yeah, because I, re- I really want to talk about more stuff about this because I got to talk about uh, E.G. Daily. Yeah, I know. I just... The voice of Tommy Pickles. People forget that. Thinking about all the stuff in this movie that we missed. And there's a lot more trivia to this movie that I did not get to cover. Right. That I skipped over, but I just grabbed what I think hope is the good stuff. Surprising stuff that you hadn't heard, which I'm glad. Yeah, I'm really happy you delivered some of that. Mm-hmm. But that's going to wrap up my portion if we want to go into the rating. Yeah, let's go ahead. I'm okay. ready for that. First thing we rated on. Rewatchability. Rewatch. I'm entertained with this movie every time we've watched it. And yeah. I, there's not a certain time of the year I need to watch. I can watch it anytime. It's a little cringy at parts. <laughs> I'll give it that. Uh, See, I think it's, I've watched it so many times. I don't think I, it, that even phases me because I still realize it's just a comedy. It is, but there's some silly parts. Like I always kind of thought the claymation at the time it tested well, but for me, the claymation just kind of, I'm still entertained by it is what it is. The drawings, that's a calling card of Holland. 100%. I mean, and he makes John Cusack, who is the star in both this movie and one crazy summer is an artist and he draws in both and his drawings come to life and he gets like sucked into these drawings and, um anyway yeah i mean that stuff's cool i don't know the claymation was kind of weird but i still i enjoy this movie even though it's got some dated themes um <laughs> so i'm still gonna give it a four i'm gonna give it a 4.5 yeah. i really want to give it a five but i'll give it a 4.5 okay well you do you i'm, I'm no one stopping me. you i'm doing me <laughs> okay and then the next thing we're going to rate it on is the legacy. It's mentioned a lot in like 80s groups. It's got its cult it's following. Got a, it's definitely got a cult following. But it's not really mainstream and it didn't really no. do anything for mainstream movies. I, I when mean, I think of legacy for it, I think this is John Cusack. If that yeah. makes sense. I mean, it did get John Cusack. It showed that he could be a leading man. Yes. And probably led to him getting more leading roles. I don't know that for certain, but at the time with 16 Candles being as big as it was, and they were convinced that he was just a sidekick. Right. So, I mean, Savage took a chance and made him a leading man and it worked. So I could give it that, but it, I mean, that's just for John Cusack, not the movie. Mm-hmm. So really, and Savage Steve Holland. This is the this was his launching point. Mm-hmm. I think realistically, I have to give it. I'll give it a three point five. Wow, that high. <laughs> yes, I'm I think struggling. I think when, whenever I go onto a lot of pages about nostalgia in eighties, this movie's always brought up. I just, I don't think maybe it has... maybe a three. I'll go with three. I'm like hard pressed to give it a one, one and a half. Go ahead. I'm going to do that. I feel bad. Cause I, it, That's fine. I just don't think it, it carried like it could have. Hmm. I think that's, this is the first time we were really different and it's on two different spectrums. Mm-hmm. Well, the last thing we're going to rate it on is the look and feel of this movie. Music, 10 out of 10. This movie has great music. 
The music's good. I'm still going to weigh on the fact that it's just got some outdated themes that would not fly today. <laughs> but I think that's what adds to the charm of the movie. That's what I'm going to go off to. I like the animation. I like the claymation. I like the comedy. But if you take younger audiences, today's audience, and show them this movie, right. at least 50% are going to be offended. <laughs> at least. Yes. I'm. But I mean... It's, this is going to be a movie that people are going to mention to people in passing. They're going to check it out and they're either really, really going to dig it or they're going to try to pick it apart. The fact that it hasn't been picked apart yet really surprises me. That makes me believe that it's not on as many radars as you think it is. Right. Because if it were more out in, yeah, if it were more out in the open and carried some kind of legacy, then it would get torn apart. And let's protect John Cusack at all costs because he's that's what, that's one, of the, uh, one of few unproblematic celebrities in Hollywood. Right. Him and Keanu Reeves, keep them safe <laughs> in a little box. That's my goal. Yeah, I um, I don't know. I just, I don't think it would gel with today's audience and that sucks. I'm still going to go with the music on it. I think the music's really good in this movie. I'm. I'll give it a three. I'll give it a two. I mean, I. Uh, so let's see, a four it's and a half, a three mostly because of the three. the themes and the that's what's dragging it down so bad for me. Overall, probably about three point five, maybe a three. Um, yeah, I'm gonna give it like a two and a half or a three. I like the movie, so and do I. I hate to do that to it, but based off of what we're rating it on, it's <laughs> right. it's not getting good ratings for me. I still think if you are part of our generation, like mm-hmm. if you're in your 30s or older, popular. Better Off Dead will probably, you will have a better chance of enjoying it than if you are under the age of 30. <laughs> Let's just say that. <laughs> Plus, I mean, when you aren't looking to attack something, this mm-hmm. is a movie that is really fun. Yeah. When you stop trying to look for all the negative and everything. Mm. and you just enjoy a movie, this is that kind of movie. I think my generation personally, uh, I mean, I was born like right at the start of the 90s. It, I kind of teeter on that edge of, I, I can see both sides. I was born in a very strange generation. I saw all this technology and I saw all these changes happen very quickly mm-hmm. in a short span of time um, where people born in the 80s or even earlier um, at least got to enjoy some of those. I don't know how to say, I'm not like being offensive, but see, there it is that it's like just poetry in motion. <laughs> mm. But the, the technologies that you had at the time, the lesser technologies, the more simple technologies and more enjoyable ideas, ideals and things like that. Um, it, I can see that side, but I also can, um, sympathize with a younger generation who was born at the end of the nineties and into the two thousands where they are pointing out like, this is problematic. I can also see that side too. So I'm kind of in that middle ground. You're teetering. I am. Yeah. Yeah. My, my generation is a strange generation. Very sensitive. Yes. <laughs> no, not necessarily. <laughs> oh, now look, see, now I, uh, I'll just say it for what it is. Very easily offended. (laughs) 
my generation is like I'm I'm saying mine was the start of that starting to happen. It's the yes. it, kids who were born end of the 90s into the 2000s are the ones who are really like taking a stand on things like this and cutting it out and saying this isn't appropriate anymore. You can't watch this, listen to this, whatever. You can't and, do this anymore. And that's also why there's a big gap in what's happened with Hollywood. That's why they're afraid to make anything new. That's why we're getting nothing but Star Wars, Disney, and superhero movies. I feel I, I like definitely believe they're too afraid to do to go above and beyond to please people now because they know attention spans. You know, it's milliseconds. You're more worried about what's happening online than you are what's in front of you. But on the flip side, you have I feel like horror, the horror genre, has broadened so much and it's taking a lot of risks i guess you could say um but is it really taking risks or is it just rehashing things that would be taking a risk i would think in my book it's not but you're rehashing things that have already happened horror is a product of its time there's horror for today i mean i'm not saying that i'm saying horror no matter what you try to tell me it's just a product of its time like people say it's mostly about art it's not about art it's about what is happening in the now. I get that's going to have to be a whole other conversation. We're getting down like this weird rabbit well, hole. <laughs> every 80s slasher that's out there. Mm-hmm. It's based out of the big 80s. Action movies were over the top. All of them are over the top. They have kills that are just too bloody and gory. People have told me this for a long time now. Horror movies today are really artsy. They're very, would, yeah. very woke and they're very accepting. I don't have any hate for them. I think they're just a product of their time. I know. I I know. I'm not like disagreeing with that. No. I'm just saying for the current generation who are growing up with these movies, I feel like they do. I don't know if taking a risk is the right word because it's like it's horror. It's supposed to be jarring and it's supposed to be right. pushing the envelope. But I don't know. Because we have definitely seen we have definitely seen modern horror movies we enjoyed. Yeah, I really liked Get Out, and Mm -hmm. I really liked The Conjuring a lot. Yeah, I do like The Conjuring. Um, Not all of the movies in that. No, because there's like a whole the Warrens, I guess you could call it. They always end up in those movies. Uh, How did we get on this topic? (laughs) I don't even know. We just started talking about how much things have changed. Oh yeah, how this movie can't be made today, and even. Holland agrees with that, that his own movie cannot be made today. And that's fine. We're just moving, moving along with generations and, and it's okay to admit that something we used to enjoy isn't okay anymore. That, I mean, right. You got to admit your faults. And another thing that we forget is people change with time Mm -hmm. and the people coming up are, are different. I think people forget that part. Yeah, it's just constantly changing. And I mean, things that we I was saying 10 years ago or doing 10 years ago isn't okay now, let alone 30 years ago. So 10, 15 years from now, they're going to be like, oof, I can't believe I said that. So like the conversation like I would have with my dad, I remember when I realized it's a generation thing. Like, and we'll go back to horror movies real fast before we get done with this. Mm hmm. We talked so differently about what entertained him versus what entertained me. 
he grew up with the Wolfman, Jaws. Jaws, all these movies that are looked at as masterpieces. Uh-huh. The Invisible Man, Frankenstein. I grew up with Freddy, Jason, Michael Myers, Chucky. Mm-hmm. You know, you grew up with like Ghostface, Ghostface, Jigsaw, right? Uh, Final Destination, <laughs> which right. is just a a concept. It's not even a killer. Anything can get you at any time. This like ruined my generation. Was Final Destination? Yeah, it's just it's all about perspective. It's what it's what was happening at those times mm-hmm. like you had all the things that happened during the depression and stuff that's what's really those horror movies are based out of mm-hmm. like in my dad's generation and mine is all about like the Reaganomics of everything you know everything was bigger better bloodier mm-hmm. they wanted to put more violence in the movies than they did sex that's why all the camp counselors at crystal lake end up getting chopped up it's okay for jason is hack them to pieces Uh, as long as they're not having sex yeah (laughs) good kind of crazy and you know what this is an excellent segue to wrap up this movie and give you a little sneak peek of next week's episode because we've been keeping it really light lately we really have we've picked a lot of movies we weren't expecting to pick but we i think I'm glad we got these ones done. I'm glad mm-hmm. we went, did these ones. But I'm ready to to take it back a little bit to... The beginning. To make it a little bit darker. <laughs> take it back now, y'all. Anyway, I don't want to spoil it too much. Stick around. Check out the sneak peek for next week's episode. And we'll see you guys next week. So long. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Next week on the Retro Club. Everyone trying to correct me. My mom told me I didn't have a McDonald's birthday. <laughs> that hurt. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> that I can't hurt. believe it. That was how the that was the first thing said to you coming through the door. By the way, Megan, you're wrong. Right. <laughs> you never had a McDonald's birthday. We didn't like you that much. But guess what? Daddy did. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I did not have a McDonald's birthday. It was my cousin's and I've never felt more betrayed. <laughs> Do you want a McDonald's birthday? Okay. Okay. We'll get you a McDonald's birthday. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Nuggies, please. (laughs) You got nugs? (laughs) Give me nugs. Stop. (laughs) Man, we're going to have to tell that story. Mixing and music by Kelsey Ingram. Cover art is by Megan Harris. Research is by John and Megan Harris. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Slasher at RetroClubPod. Or visit our website at RetroClubPod.com for episode information and more. You can listen to the Retro Club on Podbean, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, and more. Make sure to like, follow, and subscribe, or we'll find you. <laughs>